Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So, without further ado, today's topic, the boys review, WCW Spring Stampede 94. And don't forget, you can listen to our wrestling podcast across all major platforms, including SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Sounds good, cuz. How you doing over there, you piece of shit? <laughs> Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Hi, David. Cuz. Cuz Jones here. And Craig. <laughs> This is the sound of my voice. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. <laughs> no inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, Spring Stampede 94. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. What's going on, guys? Hello, David. Hello. How we doing? We're doing all right. We're doing good. What's what the fuck are we doing Spring Stampede for? You know, well, it's probably because we've been doing topics and it's the month of Spring Stampede, so we're staying on topic. So there you go. <laughs> we're uh, doing it because you know, uh, lately we've been on kind of a string with reviewing pay per views. At first, we kind of didn't really do that, and uh, the last couple we've done have been pretty fun. So uh, why not? We're going to go back in time to 1994 WCW Spring Stampede, Dave. Can I say it was on April 17th, 1994. It was in Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon. They had 12,000 fucking fans in this building, I, I read on my research. It's fucking crazy. It's a really good crowd for WCW at this point. For 94 especially, yeah. yeah? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in this uh, building. In this building? And there's um, this is the only two more shows before like the Hogan era officially begun, right? Like This was kind of the end of the... Yeah. The and a lot of... Pre-Hogan WCW. And we'll talk... Well, I guess we can just dive right into it. it regard, like... Bischoff did, you could tell Bischoff's handprints on a lot of stuff. His big thing when he became executive, uh, was it producer in 93, before he got executive vice president, was he really wanted to clean up their production and and uh, make them a lot more streamlined. Just, you know, put some more lights in the arena and shift all the crowd. Say, light, light it up, right? Yeah, light, light it up, up, shift the crowd over to the hard camera side. So you're not like, you know, seeing empty seats. You just put all the crowd in one area and then shoot that, make it look full if it's if it's not full on this one, I think the capacity of this building was like 16,000. So they had 12,000 here. I'm sure they papered it, but I mean, whatever, like 12,000 people, you could work with that, you know, whether you scoot them to one yeah. side or whatever, you could work with that. So they, Bischoff did a really good job here. And this, this whole show was very well lit. Um, it looked like a professional show. It didn't look like a second rate show to WWF. I, I, that was the first things I noticed when I started watching it was, this is just a super clear Presentation looked really nice. From the it's time to lock horns and let spring stampede begin. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat battle for the WCW World Title. Sting and Ravish and Rick Rude for the WCW International Title. Yeah, and not to mention, um, you know, briefly before we get into the actual card and everything else, you got some decent on-screen personnel here. So here's your commentators, by the way. You got Tony Schiavone. And Bobby Heenan. Okay. But then, oh, you want an interviewer? Let's go with Gene Oakland and Jesse, the body of intro. Exactly. You got Gary Michael Capetta to ring announce and Michael Buffer for the main events. 
and you know, a little somebody like by the name of Nick Patrick doing some ref work. Um, that's a pretty star-studded support team that's gonna that's gonna light this show up for the people that are actually putting on the performance. So, uh, I, I very underrated. Yeah, you know who else was there? He was the WCW World, or oops, uh, the WCW <laughs> United States Champion, stunning Steve. You don't even like him, then, Get the fuck out of here with that. Don't even try to pretend yeah, like, oh, like he's my best friend. And I know his history now. Yeah, he's not Stone Cold here. Stone Cold. I I know oh he's not God. Stone Cold here. Still I'm sure you looked at him and his hair, and you're like, oh, that's guy. That guy's gonna be the greatest. Well, yeah. Do Every you remember this event? The... Cause at nine years old, because we were significantly yeah. older than not significantly, but we were older. No, I didn't watch it live, of course. But you know, obviously from tonight, watching it on the network to review it, and then just in the past, okay. and of course because I follow Steve Austin, so I go back and watch a lot of his old stuff. Stunning Steve, right, Dave? Stunning so th- Steve, thank you, Greg, for favorite. proving Cuz to be a goddamn liar about how yeah, Stunning shut Steve up. was the greatest. Yeah, I appreciate up. that. Well, because he is now. <laughs> Out of everyone on that card, he is the greatest of all time. So you can shut yeah. up. Simply. Oh, yeah, not true. Oh, really? Oh, it is actually. <laughs> so yeah. So, so, so yeah, like uh, better um, than Flair, better than Angle. Craig was mentioning earlier. It was. This is really close to, that, but not quite the Hogan era yet. So they just came off the whole Flair and Vader thing. Starcade. Flair wins the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Vader's still kind of at the top of the card here. Flair was, had been champion for a couple of months at this point. A little more than a couple of months. Um, so yeah, he basically you're you're. There had been weak rumors. I mean, there was no internet technically back here and to spread rumors, but there was, if you call the hotline, they had started to mention uh, old Hogan's name here and there. Um, Cause he was not with WWF. He left WWF uh, almost a year before in 93. So he was a free agent here. And so they, people were starting to clamor a little bit. So like Craig says, it was sort of like this odd mid between the Hogan era hadn't hit yet, but you could tell that Bischoff was doing his work and his vision was coming to fruition. He was making everything look really nice. And, and do you think that crowd base was uh, set on that? Like people were starting to hear that on the hotline about, I don't, I don't know how someone coming. I don't know what a reach that would have though. I don't really know how many people called the hotline. Like, I mean, I know they made a lot of money off it when you talk to like people on their podcast now, like people say that Gino, how much Gino Cullen cleaned up. Oh, oh yeah, because he had a big chunk of it. Yeah, that, right? yeah. How, how how much was it per minute again? I can't remember. Was it like I think it was a two fifty the first minute, and then like seventy cents yeah. or eighty nine a dollar a minute. After. Damn, dude, back in those days, that's a lot of money. So that doesn't mean Gene would just go very slowly. That'd be like five <laughs> bucks a minute right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the W C. Come on, w- come on. <laughs> hurry, yeah. hurry. Big news concerning a major star coming in. Uh, what, Mom, I'm not calling <laughs> Mom, no, I'm, I'm talking to my friend. No. Aaron Neville. Yeah, yeah it would just be like scheduled. He would guide you into a, a big superstar. America. <laughs> the Smoking Guns may not sign their WWF contract. I'm like, no, not the Smoking Sorry, Guns. Just get someone to the else. good it's stuff. Someone else. On the hotline. And I've got it all right here. Call the biggest names in wrestling on the WCW Hotline. I'm going to tell you things you won't believe. What we can't say on TV, you can hear on the hotline. Call right now, the WCW Hotline. 1-900-909-9900. So so I'm going to jump right into this because I have had no reason to look up any information on Springstead P94 until we started prepping for the show. Can I tell you? The fucking dark match on this show is Danny Bonaducci versus Christopher Knight. Let that sink in. 
<laughs> Danny Bonaducci was he's like the Partridge family, right? He was like the young redheaded kid on the Partridge family, yeah. uh, very known substance abuser. Uh, but he also was a really big in this area up in the Chicago era. He was a DJ. He was like he was a, a DJ. Yeah. He's a yeah. radio host. And, oh, God. And yeah. And he they did it for a local thing or whatever. So it was like they hyped it on the local radio and it actually got some big local press. And I was just so shocked to see that. And everybody who was uh, wasn't he Peter? Chris McKnight, McKnight was Peter from uh, Brady Bunch. Bunch. Yes, Brady Bunch. Yeah. So like super odd. And uh, so I went because I saw this and I was like, what the hell? They didn't put a time for the match or anything like that. They just put Danny Bonaducci defeated Christopher Knight in a singles match in a dark match. So I went on and I read the Wrestling Observer. Dave Meltzer said he wasn't there, but he said people who were writing in said it was so bad that both Christopher and Danny were laughing during spots. Like they were messing up spots and laughing. So it was just a total farce. It was totally ridiculous. And like pe- fans started to boo a little bit. And like, yeah, it was just totally terrible. I just thought that was hilarious that that was the dark match here. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Way to blow all your momentum on just a shitty like DJ stunt. Where the, and they're mocking the entire business. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't nice. on television. Well done. You know, it wasn't televised or anything. But man, like I just thought that was so funny. I was doing the research and I'm like, does that say Danny Bonaducci and Christopher Knight? What, what are we doing here? It's so great. So th- and then they went sixty minutes. <laughs> it was an Iron Man match. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, it was true. it was close. It was five falls to four, an Iron Man match. <laughs> so I'll get to the opening match here. Johnny B. Bad defeated Diamond Dallas Page with the Diamond Doll, who we know as Kimberly, uh, in the first match in the opening match. No title on the line. Five minutes and fifty five seconds, which seemed just about right for them. Um, I, you know, look, the crowd was hot. First of all, like I, I mean, seeing twelve thousand people in a WCW audience was something new uh, here. And uh, man, they they were the crowd was into it. It's in Chicago, so what do you expect? But they're also Chicago is really quick to shit on things too if they don't like it. Johnny B. Bad had people on their feet, and I just want to say that I think that a lot of people underestimate Johnny B. Bad. I know Mark Merrill gets a lot of shit, but like he really. When he first started in 91, he was just that ridiculous Little Richard ripoff. Like, and I mean, I know he always kind of looked like that, but he was really so he playing that it. up in 91. But here he kind of let go of that a little bit. I mean, he still did I'm Pretty and all that stuff here, but he really actually started learning his craft. He actually became a pretty decent wrestler. They used Johnny B. Bad a lot during this era to open up pay-per-views and get the crowd going because he shot that goddamn confetti gun in the air, which people would have confetti on their back for the rest of the night. But, um... Yeah, when that, yeah always, yeah. like... Yeah, for the for the next three hours, they would always go first and have glitter and big squares of stupid confetti on their back. Yeah, like the all, all throughout. Every time someone got dumped up, I'm like, well, they're coming up like a fucking pinata. And sure enough, they have like glitter and shit all over their back. But uh, but I thought overall, I, I thought it was an OK match to open up. There was nothing special about it. Diamond Dallas Page, it's so crazy that he broke into the sport so late. And this was obviously before he really figured himself out here. He was just trying to find his wrestling legs at this point. So it was OK. It was decent. It wasn't a great match, but it wasn't terrible. I give it a thumbs in the middle. I thought it was an OK opener. I think that the crowd was on their feet, which is the most important thing. Johnny B. Bad gets the win. That's what I think. Thumbs in the middle. So bad knocked DDP out of the ring with a tutti fruity. He did at one point. What? He did at one point. What is, what is a tutti? It fruity? is his. Uh, it was. It really. It's his finisher. It's just a right hand knockout blow. But uh, he hit him with it here, and then DDP fell out, and then I think he. Okay. He ended up okay, beating him so with the. Uh, you, you've explained it. You've explained it enough to me. It's a thumb down just for that shit, right? There. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> being really nasty right now. Uh, uh, what do you? What do you think about the match? I'll go middle. thumbs middle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dallas <clears throat> Biddle. It was fine. Dallas Page looked fine. <laughs> yeah, he was he, he, I mean, he was 40 stick. pounds heavier than, than what you're used boy. to. He was, he, was a, he was a big boy then. See, now he's in tremendous shape. Oh, God, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. DDP yoga is fucking real, bro. It's sweeping the damnation. I'm 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 ready to get think, back in the room right now. I think I'm too spoiled from the hot openers that we get nowadays. I felt I felt like that when I was watching this. Like I think I'm just too spoiled. Yeah, this from, was like I would say this was like kinda, a, a fine for a house show opener, but yeah, for a pay per view, yeah. it was all right. It wasn't. I mean, there was nothing yeah. on the line, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I think all the ratings are appropriate. The next match yeah. is uh, Lord Stephen Regal. He is yes. the WCW Television Champion here. Uh, took on Brian Pillman to a time limit draw, 15 minutes uh, for the W. Now they did this. God damn okay. it! Look, I I respect Lord Stephen Regal, and I know have no, especially when he came to WWF. I really started enjoying him a lot more um, after the whole man's man thing. But uh, I am going to be honest as a fan back here. I fucking hated Lord Stephen Regal. I, I thought he played a good character, did. but he was so boring to me. Yeah. And all of his matches would go to draws. All of them. Of, yeah. and I couldn't stand. It would make me nuts. It would make me nuts. Uh, there was a couple times here where him and Pillman in the beginning, they looked like they didn't know what they were doing uh, with each other. They settled yeah. down. They're pros. I'm Botched not Frankensteiner from. Yeah, Pillman, there's just some things that they were doing in here. And like Regal is such a slow down and get him on the mat yeah. style that I just yep. thought it was so boring, like after the opener. And I hated this stint here with Regal as TV champion because they they made him go to draws all the time. Um, or they would literally do it to where like it was the last minute and the ref would be or the announcer would be counting down and he would like cheat or something real quick to win. It wasn't what do you like. Think, Craig? Yeah. What do you what do you think? I, I think I was going to say the exact same thing. I was like, the older I get, the more I appreciate um, Steven Regal. But back then, I, I, I just – it was fast forward. It was just – everything was the same. He, sw- he perspired a lot. With 30 seconds in, he was just dripping yeah. sweat. I know. I always thought – I always noticed that. And the scientific style, like I, I appreciate it now and I really enjoyed it watching it back today. I did not used to enjoy those 15-minute long-ass TV title matches and – uh, Lord Stephen Regal matches. Well, you you can call Regal. You know we're, we're gonna we're gonna have ahead of our time ahead of their time type uh, storylines coming up or you know podcast topics. You can argue he's ahead of his time there because quite frankly no one knew really how to work that way. Um, I think if there was more of that and you do see more technical wrestling now when they're when they work together, it's quite entertaining. But when one person is not that and Regal is, it's it just doesn't work. You know, in my opinion. I didn't. I do like the forearms too. Like I love a good forearm yeah. to the back, like a nice snug forearm all to the chest and back. Those are cool, and I like seeing those. And I don't see those much anymore. I did, and again, right. I don't disrespect either. I thought the work was fine for what yeah. they did in here, but um, I just give it a thumbs just, down because it was just boring to me. I I found myself fast forwarding <laughs> even now. I was like, oh god, here we go. Like this is just so like back to the ground on a face lock for you know an hour and a half. Like come on, like but I don't know. That's just me. I give it thumbs in the middle. I still appreciate it, even though it, it, I, I think once again, it just, you're so spoiled from to today's action when you get a good, like, uh, when you get two good technical wrestlers nowadays, it's a little more hard hitting and, and faster paced. Um, which it's not, I don't, I don't think anything's wrong as far as with like the style that Regal was doing. It's just a lot of stretching and bending and twisting and I just, holding. I mean, it's fine. Sweating. I just appreciate it. I, I can, I can respect I all of it. I, I, I respect Regal's work. I, I respect all that. And I can see, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of the middle, which is where you think you should be here. But That's I I'm give at. it a thumbs down That's because fine. there should never be a fucking draw in a pay-per-view. God damn it. There should never be a draw in a pay-per-view. There's, just, there is in UFC though. I mean, I'm, well, it's, it's, it's possible. It can happen. What are we talking about? What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, but, but in, in, a sport, in a sport where you can, but not when it's happening outcome. all the time. Yeah. 
that, that. in a sport where you can control the outcome, you, the reason why UFC has draws is because it's real and not fixed. Now, I'm not trying to start a different debate, so calm down on that. Because, <laughs> uh, but I mean, in general, it's not fixed. It's a real sport. It's real combat. So it might go to a draw. Wrestling is predetermined. You do not have to book a draw. So that's no. Would, you know, I would prefer. I would prefer where Pillen had but the upper hand and Regal pinned him at 1458 by cheating by putting his feet on the ropes. That that would be a better finish for me than a fucking draw. I mean, I'm not. Give, give I'm me not something. Def- yeah, I'm not on. defending it because he had a million draws, and this is just the only example. But I, I think on 83 weeks, uh, Pillman had just signed his deal two days before, and I think it, Regal was going to go over. And then they decided to make it a draw because Pillman was looking like he was going to leave and then, I guess, signed a new deal. So, But that doesn't excuse because there were a thousand other ones before and after this. Well, and and to your point, TV time to, remaining to your point, is this Regal's fault? Hell no. Is this Pillman's fault? I don't believe I'm not so. even defending it, the decision it, it, to book that specific draw. I'm just saying in general, like, because you're saying that don't book a draw on a pay per view yeah. in general, like in like for yeah, that in general, yeah, maybe not in general though. It could, it's doing? possible and it could be pulled off. And and if and Pillman was two days from signing his contract, put someone else in there. I mean, fuck. That's all I'm saying. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. So the next, no, you know, next <laughs> match is uh, the Nasty Boys. Brian, Nob- yes. oh, here we go. Here we go. Cactus Jack and Max Payne in a Chicago Fuckers. Street fight. Eight minutes and fifty four seconds. So seconds. We just talked about this long ass draw, like. I don't, this match seemed like 20 hours in a good way to me. Eight minutes. <laughs> like I yeah, just, cause I, it's so violent and I'm just like, Oh, like everyone I'm like, Foley's dead. Foley's dead. Even going back and watching it now. And I watched it. I don't, I, it was still fantastic. This match is like, Oh my God. Just wonderful. So, just wonderful. So here, the here's the thing. Shots. We were talking about this. We were talking about this offline before we jumped on and Jess said, this match is every reason why Dave hates the Nasty Boys and why Jess loves the Nasty Boys. All nasty. the same all in the same match. Dun, 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 right? Nasty. They're so they're so careless, like, but yet that's nasty. what makes oh, them yeah. that's what makes them beautiful. That's what makes them who they are. Like <laughs> like it's anyone in the locker room that like fully could look at and be like, I need to try some shit on on. Bru- Sags, knobs, what are you doing? They're like, What do you want to do? Bam, bam. Like they don't care. Like so I think they just. I, I seriously think they were the guys. They said like, "Yeah, whatever you want to do." That's what they would yeah, say. Oh, okay. what, whatever you want. Oh, you think it'll be good? Let's try it. Oh, you want to kill me with a with a dumpster? Yeah, that's fine. Just fucking yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, they Sags didn't even close that properly fold the chair. chair. <laughs> Three times he left the metal chair unclosed, so this the the end of the seat is hitting them right in the back. It's right on their spine. Right, right on the what spine. What an asshole! Right on spine. You're just an asshole. At least I would yeah. say at least Nobs tried a little bit sometimes. I think Nobs Nobs a little bit more if you could call either one of them more of the polished wrestler. Uh, I think Nobs was uh, like a little bit more polished, but oh my god, make it stop! Uh, but uh, C- Cactus Jack here, if you could see, if you don't know the difference between a New Jack hardcore match or a Mick Foley hardcore match, you don't understand wrestling at all. Mick Foley I is a genius. Like yeah. even when I go back here and watch Mick Foley, I'm like, he was oh so good. God. Everything he did was safe. His first yep. thing was, I want to take care of the other guy. He always had that on his mind. You could tell when when he was hitting. I think Sags with the pull cue. You yeah. totally saw He's, him make sure his fist hit, hit him with Sags his fist, right yeah. on the neck and shoulder instead of the pull cue. When they would return the favor, they didn't give a fuck. They would hit. They Foley were right in the whacking face. him with it. And if Foley didn't yeah. roll with it, he would get knocked out legitimately. Like yep. it was crazy. Like the I, the, I think that's the before I get all the oh scores too that. Towards the end, Mick Foley suplexing a goddamn table onto one of the Nasty yeah. Boys was fucking insane. <laughs> like, it was insane. And the table like, breaking when they were on it. <laughs> yeah, they were on it. Like, it didn't even, they, and didn't then even he break fell off the ramp and hit the concrete fucking hard as fuck. Yeah, and his got back hit bump. in the face with the shovel. 
Oh and the God. ending with it, yeah, nobody could see the shovel shot, which oh I think what God. pissed me off more than anything is total WCW. Instead of them doing it on the rampway where it would make a loud noise and everyone in the arena would see it, they did it on like that little pit that, you know, on the side of the ramp yeah. and the guardrail where the fans Between are, the guard, yeah. which is like a three foot drop or three and a half ramp. foot drop. And nobody could see it. Just the four fans that were right there on the guardrail saw it was brutal. that fucking brutal shovel shot to the head, which I saw how he did it. I saw where he hit the concrete, but yeah. still just the vibration and the, the fact the shovel like like clasp you in the side of the head like I unbelievable like it was great that, that fully would do stuff there's, like that so there's a reason why those guys the, don't walk right <laughs> oh yeah the fall yeah. off the off the ramp to the yeah, concrete the was one. in the background it wasn't even like set up properly to where it was the main focus of the shot it was like the foreground they were fighting on the ramp and then it's like oh look McFoley just paralyzed himself that's neat yeah it's like <laughs> take care and set that it's shot like, up yeah, to where the it's match the best of the was, match yeah the uh, match was awesome but yeah I have so many production that's a perfect point the shovel the falling off in the background which should have been the focal point of the shot i have production issues with this match and then when did they did a split screen can you tell me why 90 percent of the screen was that fucking stupid string stampede wooden background <laughs> yeah. and they had two small fucking squares to track I know, the action that was stupid like what the, could just split it in half and put a little spring yes. stampede logo we like all know what we're Kart. watching like i'm not going to be all like right. did someone change the channel all i don't right. know oh okay they put the spring thing thank god they put the logo up there because i forgot we were watching spring like come on like it's so ridiculous. So we're both trying. I'm squinting, even with the 60 inch television, going like, "What the fuck? Like, why? Like, why do they have to this massive logo? It makes Nasty. no sense." Like, but it's obviously a thumbs up. But I mean, Nasty. I'm sure everyone here is. Yeah, it's, it's it's a thumbs up. I mean, you know, Cactus Jack was the guy that would take care of everyone, but said, "Lay in, lay into me every time," and that's why we love him. Um, it's it, it's tough to watch sometimes, but. I, I maybe maybe some part of Cactus Jack was like, "I'm so good to my people. Maybe they'll take care of me." And I feel like nobody took care of him. Did not happen for him. (laughs) Like, did anybody take care of Cactus? Like, ever? I mean, no. And even, like, there's a table spot with Sags, not the suplex over the table, but, like, he keeps banging him in the head. Sags lifts the table over his head and him bang, bang, bang. And But before that, he's hitting him with, like, the posts of the table to where he's not safe at all and hitting almost, like, hitting him in the eye with it and his top of his his head. So much violence for entertainment. And Max Payne was in it, too, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing more can be proven, Tony. I want to see how how long they can go. Oh, God. I tell you, if the Cubs were hit like that, they'd be in first place. It's over. It's over. Ring the bell. I've seen enough. Yeah, him and like like knobs went off in the, the concession stands for a while. The, this horrible fake concession stand Nasty. that obviously like, fucking nobody got. I've never seen a concession stand in the middle of the crowd. Like, I, bet, I, bet, I bet the nachos were delicious. Yeah, like then him fumble fucking with sags on the fucking table. He couldn't even slam in through it right. Like, yeah, I was did, like, did you did you say fumble fucking? Fumble fucking. That you know what? That's going to be a new topic <laughs> next week. Fumble fucking. So this was as always. You can reach us on Instagram. This was great. If anything, I mean, there's there's a few matches on this card. You should go back and watch. But this match is a classic to me. This is a this is fantastic. This match was awesome. In my opinion, it's always a classic when Cactus is involved. When Nick's involved, yeah, yes, fantastic. Especially against Edge. Hold it. The next match is Stunning Steve Austin defending the United States Championship against the Great Muta. Um, sixteen minutes twenty seconds. 
It ended with a shit disqualification because WCW still dope. had their head up their ass at this point. And if you throw someone over the top rope, you get yeah. disqualified. Oh, yeah. so I've always hated that rule. And WCW lived by it for so long. And then they finally done it, did away with it. I don't get remember what year. Get out of here, Great Muda. But yeah, it's... <laughs> That's my it's young Stone Cold voice. 16, 16 minutes was uh, a bit too long for me. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this about these two. I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle. Because like I just expected yeah, it was more. Long, drawn. I expected more. It was long. Muda started to heat up towards the end when he did the 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 uh, uh, hurricane run off the top rope, and then yeah. you know, he did the spin kick on Robert Parker. People really wanted to get behind Muda, and I think they were waiting for the Muda that we saw in '89 and '90. You know, super explosive. But Muda was working a slower pace. You could definitely tell that Austin was a great worker. I mean, I watched them really closely. I really, because I remember being let down by this oh, match yeah. when I first saw it. But I, when I rewatched it, I watched them, you know, it, it. I watched them communicate with each other. Austin did a beautiful job of trying to read Muda. Muda did the same yes. thing. It might have been a bit of a language barrier, but Muda's such a pro. I don't think it was that bad. But I, they just, I'm not saying their styles didn't even mesh. It was just, it wasn't booked to it's be anything the, special. It, well, it's the, it's the finish. Yeah. When you think about it, when you think about it now, that's the amount of talent yeah, that's in that this moment. You're like, oh my God, what, what a waste. And I didn't see one missed. Yeah. Come on. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Christ. You go you go 16 minutes and then you did disqualify over the throw by throwing someone on the top rope. I literally I'd for, completely forgotten it and I literally went, No. Yeah. When that and happened. And then also because like, you know they had the you, thankless you know, task. You know what they are now, and you're like, you expect more. Yeah. And they also had the and thankless then, task of following that tag match, which that's not going to be easy on anybody. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. But then it's, it's just, to Jess's point about the language barrier, when I was looking at this, I said, knowing that we know Steve Austin always called it in the ring because he couldn't hear very well and Muda didn't speak English very well or could, I was always amazed how, unless they'd wrestled a lot, I didn't know if this was the first time they'd like touched each other or wrestled at all, but I was kind of stunned with how they put together 16 minutes and knew kind of how to do it with my limited knowledge of how that stuff all works and putting it together. But those kind of things together, but knowing that he didn't hear very well in the language barrier. I mean, but yeah, 16 minutes was too long. I'll give it a thumbs I, I appreciate for this for what it was. Yeah. Thumbs in the middle. Cause what it. do you think? Cause, Oh yeah. Thumbs in the middle. <laughs> I like stone cold. <laughs> I like, uh, even the, oh, the oh, yeah. <laughs> The psychology, you know, like when you watch a UFC or a boxing fight and there are two respected strikers and they're totally not striking on each other. I like how St- Steve Austin, Stunning Steve, was kind of doing that in that even though Muda would be looking at uh, Colonel Parker, waiting for him to freaking do something or try to pull something, Steve Austin was like, I'm going to attack him. No, I'm not going to attack him. I'm going to attack He's like all hesitant, like tell, kind of telling that psychology right there too. I just, the little, yeah, little things like that I, I was looking at. But he rolls out the ring at one point and says, He has me completely flummoxed. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's very funny. Muda escaped the head scissors, and that prompted the U.S. champ to take a powder. He's got me completely flustered. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate those oh. like that, so, so and and a side it. note too, I thought a very uh, notable comment here, Bobby Heenan on commentary. Oh. Um, and it, of course, it makes total sense after he said it. But Bobby Heenan said, "I'm really excited to see the great Muda here tonight. I've yes. never seen him I've live. Never seen him live, yeah." And I was like, Aww. I was like, oh, wow. "Wow!" Like, and well, you got to think, yeah, he's was with AWA long before Muda's time. Then he goes right to WWF, and then he came oh, over yeah. to WCW. Why would he have seen the Muda live? But it, he never would have seen. Just him, it's yeah. crazy to hear him say that in 1994. Yeah. Like, I. I've never seen him live, and I was like, real. "Wow!" Like you're right, you haven't. Like, oh my god, I just thought it was really notable. It was an inch, yeah. Huh? It felt it that's was nice. <laughs> the next oh, match Bobby. is a uh, Sting defeating Ravishing Rick Rude for the WCW International Heavyweight <laughs> Championship in 12 minutes 50 seconds. So let me say, <laughs> this match is great because 
it all the good stuff was wonderful and all the bad stuff was wonderfully bad. First of all, Sting and Rude, I I don't, you know, even after that tag match, even though it was one match removed after the tag match, the crowd was so fucking on fire for Sting. It's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, duh, right? We know Sting's a legend. But for anyone who says Sting is overrated, you're ridiculous. Like, he can adapt to any style. And I'm not I'm not shitting on Rude. We all know what I think about Rude. And I think we all think the same thing. But, like, Sting was yeah. is so good. And so is Rude. Rude just being a, an asshole. And I love that WCW let him be a little more than a chicken shit heel in WCW. He could get in there, do some pretty brutal offense to people. And you you were scared of him a little bit, even though he still would be a chicken shit heel when he needed to. But their just their chemistry was awesome here. Like they they always were good together, I think. And I think this was probably the lesser of all their other matches. And I don't mean that to be bad because I actually give this match a thumbs up because of the crowd involvement with Sting. And just at one point, Rude got backdropped so high, he fucking need himself in the face. I don't even know like what to say like when i see stuff like that i'm like these guys just they're in it they're just fucking professional wrestlers and they're in character and they're trying to push the storyline over they're doing what they need to do like it was pretty awesome i i'll get all your guys's comments too because i know you guys saw some of the fuck-ups too especially the goddamn ending goddamn harley race but uh what do you think about the match dave vader's got a chair too this is not musical chairs I think, <laughs> I, you know, the, th- the thing about Sting, I, I think it's just, I feel like I'm going to just shadow everything you're talking about, but I, I've never seen a match where Sting wasn't over. I've never seen a match where Sting wasn't able to adapt. I mean, when you think about who Sting has wrestled over the years, like Rude, Rude is definitely something where it probably sounds like a night off, but Sting's had to wrestle Flair. Um, that's no easy feat because, you know, you're, you're expected to do a lot. Sting's had to wrestle Vader uh, and then Sting even wrestled Triple H, right? I mean, through the years, uh, Sting is more malleable than I think anybody ever dares to believe. We always say that about Rude. Rude is Rude is a technician. Rude is that worker. He's always been that guy. He'll work with anybody because he controls the match. Sting, while he could control a match, doesn't necessarily do that because he's oh, he's always the face. As far as I remember, I can't remember him not being a face. And he makes it work with no matter who he's working with. I mean, just for that alone, you look at the... Uh, I know you're talking about... Um, Race accidentally hitting uh, Rude with a steel chair in the back. I mean, just God, you know. And then and everything, in- everything, even Harley Race at the beginning of the match, Vader challenges the winner. Yes. I was like, I felt like he was drunk and I was like, he's not going to, oh, he pulled it off. How the fuck did he pull it off? Like, I was like, I like that. That part. Not, not, not to because, mention the fact, like, is 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 Vader gonna wrestle Rude? I don't fucking think so. So no, you you're know new. what's gonna happen. Yeah. So that fucks that off too. But in spite of all that, it's still a thumbs up because Sting and Rude are fucking money. Because it's Sting and Rude, man. Like, what do you gotta say? You know? What do you think, Cuz? Yeah, there's oh, sorry, I was gonna say ahead, thumbs ahead, up. Oh, who wants to go? Go ahead, Cuz. I said uh, <clears throat> I was gonna give it a thumbs up, even though I did start. This is the match I started dozing off. Cause it's a tired guy right now, but uh, that beginning uh, when Harley Race came out, I don't know why it kind of reminded me of like you know anytime uh, Paul Heyman would come out randomly without Brock Lesnar, but you'd be like oh fuck, 
what's he going to say? Is Brock going to be coming out here? Who's he going to challenge? Whatever. It kind of gave me that vibe because you knew what kind of a beast Vader was. So it kind of made it more intriguing. And it was like, oh, man, who, who's Vader going to fucking take on after this? Obviously, you knew it was going to be Sting. But it just just Harley Race, it gave me that vibe. It, it kind of reminded me of Paul Heyman coming out. And you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck's Brock going to do? So just just that in the beginning. And then, of course, these two guys clashing. Sting and fucking Rude. What can you say about them? Other than what we've already been saying and what we've said in past episodes about them. So definitely yeah, thumbs that, up. That's Huge. so funny. I, I never thought about that, but Harley Race is like a drunk old <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> really, really funny. He's just like, wandering he out there like, like a oh, <laughs> I want to kiss you a challenge for Vader. Like, and I was like, I was that's like, please pull it through. Don't flub. And he did fine. But I don't know he why did. it was, especially around this time. I'm like, I don't know about Race. I don't know what he, if he's going to like fuck up his words or what. Like, I was like, and then, so <laughs> he's all the two G just, just because of that, I want to see Paul Heyman come out drunk and try to advocate for Paul for uh, Brock Lesnar. I want to see it now. I'm sure he'd still hit it out of the park. Brock! The match was good, but I actually agree with Cuz. When I was watching it back, this was the first match that I started to fade a little bit and fast forward. So I don't know what that says about uh, my attention span. Um, but I, I'll give it thumbs in the middle. And then after this, they had a little pull apart in the locker room between Rude and Vader. And you can you can see Sags in a towel after the shower, and he's trying to keep his towel on. To, um, but so he's so big. That's a little it's probably a small, I'm sure it's a small towel, right? It's like a hotel towel. And it's like, it's, it looks like a proper bath towel, but like, <laughs> it's almost like it's a rib because he's just holding on his towel as he's part of six other people trying to pull apart yeah. Rude Invader. And you're about to see some of his nasty boys. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the ending, though, the ending oh, was, I, I understand what the ending was supposed to be, but goddamn Harley Race, again, like, he always missed his cues. Always. I don't think there was ever a, a where I was like, there you go. Even he almost, like, what? Oh, even oh, Vader and Flaherty almost missed that cue. So the whole thing was like, he was supposed to, like, he runs down there. Sting starts beating the shit out of him. Vader runs down there. Sting beats Vader up. So they're trying to help Rude. for. I guess they wanted to face Rude. So, like, they come down there and they try to help Rude. <laughs> and then, like, Vader... Sting throws uh, no, now she doesn't even throw him. Vader comes in. Sting hits him with the right hand. Race had it had been like sixty seconds since he got since he got hit with Sting's last right hand and was still reeling and selling it. Sting looked at him and then he just falls out through the middle rope and I laughed so hard because Ray, nobody touched him. Race just fell out on his own and I laughed so hard. <laughs> so now it's weird because Vader goes on the outside. Vader is sitting selling on his knees, holding a steel chair in his hands while Nick Patrick is yelling at him like, "You better not interfere." This is because Nick Patrick was like the president or whatever on screen. So on the other side, race gets up like he doesn't know where he is. Uh, you see Rude look at him like we're going home. He is supposed to put Sting into the Rude Awakening, like, you know, where Rude turns him around and they both have their backs to each other. And then race is supposed to come in and swing the chair to hit Sting in the face. And then Rude was going to drop the Rude Awakening and beat him. That was their plan. What ends up happening, of course, is Sting ducks and race hits Rude in the back of the neck. Now, Race takes forever. You see him on the outside, like, where's oh, a fucking chair? Where's a chair? He can't find a chair, which so I'm I'm belly laughing at this point. Like, because I'm like, oh my god. So he goes out of the screen and then he comes back and you see Rude keep trying to set Sting up, like in it, and you see, and then he slowly turns him over and just stands there and waits. And then at the very least, you're like, Well, this chair shot better pay off. 
Nope. It's like race hitting with a marshmallow. But the crowd still Bing! popped huge. They just love Sting. And like Sting got a massive ovation when he won. But I laughed so hard because I know race wanted to pull the chair shot because he didn't want to hurt Rude, which is awesome that he did that, right? Like, and everyone knows that Rude had neck and back issues even leading up to this. So like I'm glad that race pulled the chair, but it was just so WCW. It was so it made me laugh so hard. It was bad, but it was so good. Like I just was I was almost tears were coming out of my eyes because I'm watching him on the outside of the ring, like, what am I doing? Like he didn't know where he was. Like, what the fucking How chair? many times do we have to say it was so WCW? Oh man, it was it was We say it all the time. It was so terrible. Company. But it's this next match was surprisingly good. Bunkhouse Buck oh, yeah. uh, defeated Dustin Rhodes in a bunkhouse match. Uh, Jesus. They, these guys, like, did re- I thought they did really well together. Like, Dustin obviously always was talented. I think we even thought that back here when he was just the natural. But he was bleeding like a pig, too, here. Like, this was just a really good match. It was a really cool fight. Um, Dustin, I think, what what month was this? Uh, he'd still be with the company for another year at this point. But, um, but yeah, like, they... You know, this is one of those feuds that I like to see Dustin in because he's not in there with like a Rude or a Sting or somebody else. I'm not saying that's bad. He knows how to work with them, but he's in there with Bunkhouse Buck, who was an accomplished professional. Don't get me wrong, but it was cool to see Dustin kind of hold his own in here with someone that wasn't like a megastar. It just showed that Dustin had a lot of spark and and he was going to be good and you knew it. And uh, I I give this match a thumbs up and went 14 minutes, but there were some parts I could probably do without like, but they did really well together. I thought I thought they told a good story. What do you think, David? How does Bunkhouse get his own match title? It's a Bunkhouse match with Bunkhouse Buck. Well, you want to beat me at my own game, Dave? That's the only way you're going to prove to me that you're a man. I'm, I don't know that that's true, but I'm just assuming. If I was, <laughs> if I was, that sounds right. If I was Bunkhouse Buck, that would be my logic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give it a thumbs middle only because of the the talent involved. I, I think you put anybody in there with Dustin or Gold Dust later on. I think. You put the right talent in, you're gonna find some a lot more thumbs up than you would. I think I think uh, Dustin does what he does. He makes everything good. Um, and if you put the right people in, it can make it. I just don't think it was great. Um, but uh, and, and you gotta understand too, Dustin's dealing with a lot of stuff here. He's dealing with um, you know family, you know the family stuff. He doesn't want to be that guy who feels like he's getting a pass because his old man's around, right? I believe I believe Dusty's still here at this point, booking and everything else. Is he not? I think so. So, you know, when you look at all that and everything he has to deal with, it's it's quite spectacular what he did and what he was able to do. Um, but I'll give it a thumbs middle be- only because it's just, come on, it's Punk House. What are you doing? Because <laughs> what do you think? This is going to be my no contest because this is the one where I died. You were out after this? Yeah, that. I mean, I was kind of dozing it on and off and then I got up and I just started do another stuff. Good lord! <laughs> I love cousins. Yeah, I mean that's what, fine. What did you? What did you do? We should clarify. <laughs> I came in here. I came in here to get the fucking computer set up. We should. We, you machine. know. We should. We we should clarify that Cuz works nights and he came to watch us in the afternoon. It probably wasn't the easiest thing to do. Um. So. Oh yeah. We'll, so give, him, we'll give him a pass after. Yeah, we'll give him a pass after running yeah, errands um, in the in the apocalyptic world and. Fixing some shit oh in the garage. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this match very much. The only issue I have with it, Go first ahead. of all, we'll I thought it was beer. very cool to see Dustin in the pre-match dressed up um, like his dad, like Bunkhouse Buck. He was wearing a big Texas T-shirt, kind of looked like his dad, and yeah. had a promo that was, wasn't Gold Dust, and I'd forgotten kind of the natural era. And so I thought it was very cool. 
My only issue is he bled early like a stuck pig. And then first I didn't know whether they had a no blood rule or what was going on. Well, obviously they didn't because everyone in this whole card kind of bled yeah. sometimes hard way. But Dustin, I but think he, you're right. I think Dustin did it, you know, the blade style. I'm probably, if, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Now. And then they do not show it. They they spend a good five minutes before you get a, a good upfront shot of it. It's almost like they shot around it. And there was even a scene where a camera was in front of them. They wouldn't cut to it. So I didn't know whether it was too graphic for them or what the deal was, but you couldn't see what he was doing and then they hesitated to show a front shot of of the just, blade job just and sounds then, like wcw right and the but bunkhouse then bleeds also and they they laid into each other for sure and um a thumbs up maybe a little yeah. long but it was good yeah. the okay. next match okay. is vader with harley race drunk harley race defeating the boss oh. which everybody knows is the big boss man in nine minutes and two seconds let me just start off by saying that yes there was a lot of missed spots in this match however um, Ray trailer was so fucking talented. And so was Vader. Uh, they made, they like pushed through it. That's all I, I remember feeling rewatching. This was like, they're just pushing through this motherfucker. I don't know if they felt the pressure of the goodness that had kind of come prior to this match in the card, but they Vader got his eye busted open the hard way at one point, I think towards the end of the match. And, uh, but they were just, they were not going to accept, okay, we missed that spot. Fucking whatever we're pushing through Ray trailer did, did some sloppy shit towards the end, but, um, fucking Vader, like just being Vader in general, but but watching the way that the boss or big boss man, however you want to call him, um, the way he knew how to work with Vader. That's how talented he was. He really was good for a big man. And uh, that goddamn that fucking moonsault was dead on. Might have been the only time that Vader didn't like over rotate or something like that. You know, like he just nailed it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like I just yelled out loud when I saw it. I was like, oh, my. I was not expecting a dead on moonsault. That was insanity. And you did even see Vader trying to land on his knees to not kill the boss man on that landing, too. So. These guys, like, they understood that they were going to get really banged up. And Vader, I, I don't remember what shot, maybe somebody on, on here noticed. I don't know what shot broke him open, but Vader was bleeding like a fucker from his eye. Like, it was really bad. How's it feel, boss? You're not beating up no 100-pound pump now, jail. Well, 2 o'clock in the morning, you're in there with a man. Look at this. He's going for it all. The moonsault. snug the entire time and in fact the whole card seems super stiff like they really like every match almost like laid into each other there was a point when vader no sold a boss man thumb to the eye and i was like you're not gonna sell that at all like he just thumbed you in the eye to like to slow you down a little bit um but then they just they were hitting each other right in the face so who knows when his eye got kind of popped open but it was probably just from from a boss man punch or maybe it was that thumb that that, that, that he did time, that he, he no sold but like the first time vader's eye will be popped open either i mean let's be real like i don't even Good gravy. Oh, Vader Stan Hansen. Yeah. Was it the oh, same yeah, eye? It was, I don't know if it was the same eye. I don't know if it was. I, I mean, how does that, how, I don't know. It's, Vader's, yet, Vader's ridiculous in so many positive ways. And like, oh my God, how did that even happen? But, you know, according to what I'm reading here, um, you know, after the match, Harley Race tried to handcuff Boss, but Boss attacks Vader, no. racing the Vepery with a nice stick. And it leads Commissioner Bockwinkle to take away his name, Boss. So, Cause that's just not the so way dumb. a boss is supposed to act. So for that reason alone, I'm entitled to give it a thumbs down. <laughs> but I, I will, but I, but I, will, I won't do that. I'll give it a thumbs up. These are two big men working hard, and I love it when that happens. Man, big men working hard and making it entertaining. It could be a lot of fun if it's done right. And even if you miss spots, 
as some would say, it's meant to happen. And I, I'm always I'm a closet boss man fan. That's good for me. And Vader's unbelievable. But uh, I'll give it a thumbs up. It's fine. But that horse shit afterwards, that's just ridiculous. Cause I'd, I'd, th- I'd rather forget about it. Because do you just want to give? Do you just want to give? The, you know, talk about Vader and the bosses individuals. Because I know you didn't see this match. You were doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was gonna say uh, just like the beginning. Well, kind of the beginning. Not really the beginning, but well, when they were fighting on the ramp, when uh, Vader, when he just scooped up uh, Boss Man and fucking just like flung him down onto the mat and then did his fucking dive over it. I don't know if you. Sorry, because uh, when you guys first started talking about it, I went to grab a beer, so I don't know if you guys already talked about that part. No, no, but you're good. Go. <laughs> so just like, just little Jesus things like Christ. that, and then fucking getting thrown over the rail and everything. What? What the fuck's so fun? <laughs> just go. Just, fuck. You have total freedom. You're on a roll for fuck's sake. Uh, God. I'm sorry. Sorry, I just Nothing. wanted to grab a beer. You guys, <laughs> I just want to make sure you guys didn't talk about it. Already. No, you're good. You were like, wait, you were like right on oh, it, bro. Oh. You were like hitting a hot spot. It was great, and you fucked it all up. Oh. So keep sorry going. Yeah, just but I, I give it a thumbs up. I guess. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and the match almost ended early because when Vader did that spot and kind of almost broke dive neck. over the top rope, he lands right on <laughs> Boss Man's knee, who gets up limping. And I was like, oh great, thirty seconds in, and he just killed <laughs> Boss Man's knee. Ugh. But yet, to Dave, to your point, that was horseshit. That they they stripped his um, his <laughs> baton and his handcuffs backstage. Bockwinkle did in a like in a locker room kind of vignette, and it was the dumbest dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I guess it was to set up Guardian Angel, or was Guardian? It Angel was before? no, it was to set up Guardian Angel. You're 100 percent correct. So yeah, totally they couldn't have it. saved that angle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like they couldn't have saved that angle for WCW Saturday Night. They had to do it on the pay per view, like. We, Bossman, we need to have the segment where we strip you down and we just. We had to, like, yeah. On, gotta on take the, the boss you can't wait till next week on the pay per view. You have to do it. And Regal's going to go to a draw on a pay per view. Yeah. It all makes sense. It all well, makes sense. If if that made you mad, the the draw, Dave, Ric Flair, <laughs> Ric Flair defended the WCW Heavyweight Championship in the main event against Ricky Dragon Steamboat to a fucking double pin. This ending made me so mad. And I, once again, I knew it was coming. And I was like, this is fucking hot garbage. Like, they did it. Well, this is, and again, this goes back to my original statement was this was Bischoff handprints, right? When the Monday Night Wars started going hot and heavy, they would make cliffhangers on their pay-per-views so you would watch their free Monday Night program. That became the way of the world. And it's kind of like that now. It Not kind of, it is. Um, it was all about ratings, bro. Yeah, because it, you know networks started giving them more money to have their show. So it all changed. I understand why it went that way. But Bischoff was the first guy to really push it because this goddamn, this double pin, like they ended up rematching on WCW Saturday night like two weeks later and flair wins the title back and i'm like God, mm. you know he already has all these asterisks on his name you know of like title changes that didn't count or uh you know things you don't why do you need to do more of this stuff with flair and why it doesn't make the title more important to me by seeing a double pin it was it was ridiculous like first of all the match to me obviously was probably the worst out of their series and i don't mean that in a bad way they both worked really hard in there and i i really enjoyed watching their chemistry and they worked a lot jess they worked a lot together they worked a lot together they did really well even this match i watched i love watching their chemistry i love watching steamboat i mean i you know say what you you guess what what can you say about flair right but rick steamboat is so so good he really is he's a great wrestler and he understands movement and you watch him read flair's movement the whole time and you know these guys were aging here at this point right i want to say they're both in their 40s if i'm not mistaken yeah oh my, it's five years terrible. after their 89 series so it's quite a yeah lot. It's and, and they went after their, and they went they 32 peaked. minutes by the way and to end it in a double pin and make me angry and like it just 
I, I don't know why. Again, I, I know why they did it. They did it's it to sell the Saturday night <laughs> shit. It's WCW. I guess. I guess. But it. I guess I know exactly where Dave's frustration is coming from, from the regal draws. It's like, why? Like, why do it like this? Like, it's not. It doesn't even make any sense to me. Like that. that but but to your point, how was the match? The work. The work is solid. No, I mean, let's. Be I really thought. Nice. Yes, I thought the match was solid. I give it a thumbs in the middle just because it. I think of their old series and I know that's not fair for me to do. Um, they, I don't, I don't think they drugged the card down. I give them a thumbs in the middle. I thought their work was well, fine, but they did fine work for two 40 year olds. Basically. Jess, if, if you had a legitimate victory either way, would you have given a thumbs up or is that the only reason why? It's uh, that's a very good question. And I think that if steamboat would have won it here, um, I would thumbs give the up. match a thumbs up and then Flair could have won it back two weeks later in WCW Saturday night. If you're going to do it, it anyway, it would have been fine. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't see the problem with it. I don't like, I, I think that's something that, uh, the entertainment universe now has come to realize that no, we, you, you have to have a real winner, especially in a pay-per-view. There needs to be, I, I can't think of a draw in years in WWE when it comes to the network. I can't, I can't th- on a pay-per-view. I can't think of one. Can can you? Not really? not really. No. You just don't have someone pay twenty nine ninety nine and then tease them and have Bachman will come in and then have well we'll settle this on Saturday for free. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's I just, know that's the way the industry changed and like I said this this was the evidence of it. Bischoff is actually one of the first people to start pushing it like that, and um, good for good or bad. But like I'm like God like yeah I I thought the same thing. So why would you do that? Less people watch your pay per views. Let's be honest. Uh, then their free show on Saturday night. I think WCW Saturday night was getting like a 3.2 million households were watching the show. Uh, what d- spring stampede without even me scrolling around 400,000 buys. I mean, I'm honestly half a million buys. Maybe uh, that's to me. Why would you, you do it the other way around. You get all the eyes that are watching for free. You hook them. And then you say, you want to see the ending? Give me some dough. And okay. And they do that. That's the way it's always worked. So it was just odd to me to watch it like and, and go, this was the beginning, wasn't it? This was the beginning of Bischoff starting to be like, I want my I want ratings to go higher. So I get more advertising dollars, which, again, is not stupid. It just it was to for a storyline. It doesn't make sense. Right. Like the well, way the, pro this is what's even crazier. So here's the aftermath. Right, Jess. So Flair initially retains the title, but Steamboat also claimed the right to be champion due to having pin Flair, which leads Bachwheel to vacate the title. On the April 30th episode of Saturday Night, due to the controversial ending of the title match at Spring Stampede, Bachwiggle schedules a rematch between the two for May 14th of Saturday Night, which Flair actually gets the payoff and wins. What the hell? Like, you couldn't have done that on a Saturday night and booked it, to your point, right, to the pay-per-view where you're going to have a definitive winner and everyone goes home happy? I don't... I feel like you get more than yeah. Oh, that's buys, even a better point. Maybe two weeks before the pay, or you know, a month before the pay per view, they have that kind of match, and then the pay per view yeah. is going to. That's a very good point. Why? I don't know why. I can't answer your question, Dave. To answer, to answer your question, I can't answer your question. Because WCW. Because were you Ray watching this or what? I'm sorry. Did you watch this? I've wa- I I didn't watch it tonight. I watched it before, so I have to give it a no contest because we're reviewing. If you watch it tonight, and I didn't watch it tonight, so you're not getting a review for me. Sweet no Lord. contest. Craig, Craig, help me. God, help me. <laughs> he died. What, what did you think, Craig? Oh, there Steamo you go. pushes Nick Bockwinkle um, at the end of the match, too, when Bockwinkle tries to pull his bullcrap. So I like the little fire in Steamboat uh, in this match, too. Super aggressive, but it was good. I also agreed five years later, um, 
least favorite of kind of their series. But anytime it's Flair and Steamboat. That's good. Yeah, like at the beginning, they, they treated it cool with Michael Buffer and the way they, you know, did the whole introductions. And Flair is Flair, right? He, he just gives off this aura about himself. That's pretty cool. And they were both kind of faces, if I'm not mistaken. So, of course, Flair kind of takes the heel role because he's natural at that. Um, so I think that's why I also had a problem with it, too, was the, the dynamic of both them being heels. It's too easy for Flair to go or sorry, the dynamic of both them being faces. It's too easy, I think, for Flair to to just go back to heel. And that's the way he started working at one point. So it's like, what are you trying to tell us coming into this? Like, you got to keep them both faces if you're going to do that. If not, like, then, yeah, like Dave said, have something different in mind or don't don't lead this out and then be like, a draw? Awesome. You're having a very great The double chicken wing. It's got him down. One, two, three. We got a new champion. It was so bad that you forgot to mention Pat Tanaka and Nick, 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 that was another that was a um, dark match dude. Show. nobody cares about them unless your name is Danny Bonaducci <laughs> So overall, I, I thought, I thought, I, I thought this was a very fun show overall. What did you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. It's enjoyable. I think, you know, the, you, the Cactus Jack stuff, um, who can't watch Flair and Steamboat? I mean, if you can't enjoy that, you're not a wrestling fan. Sorry. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Sting and Rude. There's, there's a lot of talent here. A lot of great stuff. So um, random question I from that. Watch it again. Did you see the guy oh. in the in the front row? That was uh, looked like he was talking to a little tape recorder. Was that a was that a known wrestling journalist? I don't know, but I used to see that a lot. Yeah, especially on WCW cards more than anything. I never yeah. saw on WWF. No, I never there was did either. Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety was another one where after the end of Sid and Sting, I, a guy noticeably is standing in the front row, like sh- talking into a tape recorder. So I don't I didn't recognize that person, but I did notice that. And yeah, that was yeah. that was common. I guess remember he was WCW. trying to talk to Great Muda when Great Muda was outside of the ring. He was hunched over by the rail. When I think Stone Cold trying trying to give him a microphone, he, he, no? you could tell he was like trying to ask him. So Muda looked at him for a second and then looked back. And or, missed you know, him. We should have missed him. Uh, that would have been great. You're lucky Muda didn't kick the shit out of you. Yeah, but yeah, great show, great great show. I was afraid to approach the great Muda in person, and he was so nice, <laughs> so nice. I low key wanted awesome. I wanted him to miss me. I don't know why. Like just do it, just do it. I, this card is hard hitting. About it. This card was like a wrestling purist kind of like um, dream card. And if you look at it just on paper, Sting and Rick Rude and Muda and Austin and Cactus, even like Regal and Pillman and Vader and the boss and Flair. Bonaduce and Knight. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much crap in WCW and so many bad pay-per-views. But if if you don't like Flash, but you love just great wrestling, some really solid brawls and beating the snot out of each other, this is the best that they kind of had to offer in probably in 94, 93 or early 94, 94. Yeah, and this was one of the pay-per-views when Bischoff first started. I think Super Bowl three was the first one. And and critics were like, this is one of WCW's better pay-per-views ever. They feel the same way about Spring Stampede 94, that it's one of WCW's best offerings they ever had on pay-per-view. And watching Absolutely. it back in 2020, watching a 1994 card, like, it was I was like, overall, I was like, this is cool. Like, this is really good. Yeah. Like, 
But uh, so there it is, Dave. Uh, another another is. paper. Hit us up on in the books. Hit us up on Instagram at OGP2019. Click on Linktree, and you can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. This is Dave, Jess, Cuz, and Craig with the OWP signing off. Have a good one. <laughs>